listeners, this is Come Follow Me Kids. This week, let's learn about Doctrine and Covenants 121 through 123. Oh God, where art thou? Right now, I want you to pick up the heaviest thing within your grasp that you can safely reach and lift. Maybe that's your baby brother. If you're in the car, maybe all you have to lift is an old straw wrapper from the floor. Whatever it is, I want you to do bicep curls with it. Lift it up and down and up and down over and over again while I'm talking. Isaac, what happens when we lift something heavy? Our muscles grow stronger. Yes. So right now in our family, we have a one-year-old. And when he was first born, oh, my arms would get so tired carrying him around. But now he's almost two. He's even bigger and heavier. But it's a lot easier for me to carry him now. Why do you think that is? Because you weren't using your arm muscles so much, they grew stronger. And now lifting heavy weights isn't that hard. Exactly. So, just like these bicep curls that you're doing, you can stop doing them now, by the way. Lifting heavy things helps our muscles to grow. And going through hard times can help our spirits grow. If we turn to the Lord for help. Yes. So, this week we're learning exactly about that. Have you heard of Liberty Jail before? Before we explain that story to you, let's play a game. This game is called Book of Mormon Measurement. You know the classic navy blue Book of Mormons that the missionaries hand out? Maybe your primary teachers loaned you one at church before. These are the dark blue books that say the Book of Mormon in gold lettering on the front. Isaac is going to tell you the name of something, and you have to guess how many Book of Mormons tall it is. Got it? How many Book of Mormons tall do you think a stop sign is? A stop sign is 12 Book of Mormons tall. Giraffe. How many Book of Mormons do you think a giraffe is? 29 Book of Mormons. Noah's Ark. All right, here's a hint. Noah's Ark is 30 cubits. Any idea? Noah's Ark would have been 138 Book of Mormons tall. The Salt Lake Temple. The Salt Lake Temple is 222 feet tall. So, if a Book of Mormons about seven inches, how many Book of Mormons do you think the Salt Lake Temple is? It's 380 Book of Mormons tall. What's next? A full-grown T-Rex. A full-grown T-Rex would be... <laughs> 20 Book of Mormons tall. And last but not least, Baby Yoda. How many Book of Mormons do you think Baby Yoda is? He's 16 inches tall, so... He would be two Book of Mormons tall. Let's continue on and talk about the Liberty Jail. 
Liberty Jail was one of the darkest and scariest prisons in Missouri. It was considered escape proof. Let's continue with our measuring. Isaac, how tall are you? Four foot five. So, if you're around eight years old, you're probably around four feet tall, you know, give or take a few inches. Imagine that you're laying down on the ground from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. That's how thick the stone walls of the jail were. The inside of the jail was like a dungeon. Actually, the only way to get into the prison cell was a trap door down into the basement. There weren't even stairs. It was just a hole. The dungeon room was tiny. If you're in your car right now, the average car from bumper to bumper is 16 feet long. Liberty Jail was only 14 feet. Joseph was in prison down there with six men, so there was very little space. Could you imagine being stuck in your car seat in a dark garage for months and months? Let's keep measuring. Picture your dad or your uncle or your bishop. Most men are around six feet tall. The floor to ceiling height in the dungeon was barely six feet. The prophet Joseph, he was over six feet tall, and that meant he couldn't stand up straight without stooping over for months. Could you imagine if you couldn't stand up straight for months? The food given to the prisoners was rotten and gross and so filthy that they couldn't bear to eat it until they were driven to it by hunger and starvation. When they would lay down, it was on rough, bare stones of the prison floor that was only occasionally covered by dirty straw or mats. At least four times their food was poisoned, making them violently ill for days. The dungeon was super dark with just two tiny barred windows, and because the walls were so thick, it didn't let in much light. Since they didn't have blankets or light, they would occasionally make a fire to keep warm, but since they didn't have windows or a chimney for ventilation, the smoke would fill up the room, stinging their eyes and making it so that they couldn't breathe. And then on top of all of that, all of this occurred during the coldest winter on record in the state of Missouri. In the prophet Joseph's letters, he spoke of the jail being a hell surrounded with demons. Our souls have been bowed down and our nerves tremble from long confinement. Pen or tongue or angels, Joseph wrote, could not adequately describe the malice of hell that we have suffered here. Can you imagine being ripped from your family and forced to stay in this tiny, dark, awful dungeon for almost a half of a year? Here's the cool thing. In Doctrine and Covenants 121, 7-8, Heavenly Father says this. My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. And then if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. So, 
So let's measure one last thing. I want you to spread your arms out as wide as you can. Let's pretend that the distance between your arms is eternity. Now look at a tiny little hair on your arm. That tiny little dot where your hair is would be your entire lifetime on earth. So compared to all of eternity, whatever we go through on this earth is actually just a very small moment. So just like Heavenly Father told Joseph, we can feel peace and know that whatever trials we have during life, they will only be for a short time and we need to trust that they will be for our good. Even though Joseph experienced hard things, the Lord was with him and he will be with us too. Isaac is going to share some examples of trials you might experience. When he's done explaining the trial, I want you to repeat this phrase. All these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. Our friends Addie and Elsie will chime in to help you know when to say it. All these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. Because of the pandemic, a lot of things have changed or have been canceled. It's hard and disappointing, but when you trust Heavenly Father is preparing you for the future, you've watched your family grow closer and you've seen your prayers and faith deepen. All these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. You have to move to a new city and leave behind a lot of dear friends, but you trust that Heavenly Father will send you new friends and new experiences to help you grow. All these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. You have a really hard time understanding your math assignments at school this year, but you know if you try your hardest and pray for help that you will eventually learn it. All these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. Okay, let's play another game. While Joseph was in Liberty Jail, this inescapable, awful prison, he and his fellow prisoners probably felt pretty powerless. So let's talk about power for a bit. Do you want to have a competition between whoever you're listening with? We'll give you some sounds of items that require power to work. And once you think you know what it is, shout out your answer. If you say it first, you get to high-five the person you're with. If they get it first, they get to high-five the person they're with. Got it? (laughs) Okay, here's the first sound of an item that requires power. What is this? Shout out the answer when you know. That was a blender. Okay, here's the next one. That was a vacuum. Hopefully, you've used yours recently. If not, go apologize to your mother and use it today. That was a cell phone. Okay, here's the next one.
That was a hair trimmer. That was a power tool. I think by their name you can tell that they use power. Okay, high five the person you're with. Good game. So in what seemed like a powerless condition in Liberty Jail, Joseph was actually given a revelation about power, but not about earthly power, the power of heaven. Isaac, how do these items we just listened to get their power? They have to be plugged in or charged. Yeah, so if we want to access the powers of heaven, how do we get that power? We need to be connected to Christ. Exactly. So how do we do that? Let's play another game. Welcome back to the Dynaco 400. Heading into the final race of the season. And the winner of this race, Daryl, will win the season title and the Piston Cup. Okay, now I want you to pretend your arm is the speedometer of a race car. The speedometer is the arrow that moves in a half circle and it points at the speed the car's going. So when you're going slow, your arm should point to the left. But when you're going fast, your arm should point to the right. And don't forget to imagine what color your race car is and what decal you want to have on the side like a lightning bolt or stripes or maybe even a bacon sticker hey it's your imagination go big you do need a paint job man ramon will paint you up right hey anything you want you know like a flame job oh, maybe gold flames you like old school pinstriping von dutch style huh i've chosen several words from the doctrine and covenants that teach how we decrease or increase heavenly power in our lives your job as the speedometer is to show with your arm whether this word increases our power and speed or if this word decreases our power and speed. Got it? Here we go. Focus. Speed. I am speed. You have your arm to the right when it's the right thing to be and left when it's the wrong thing to be. All right, here we go. You ready to race? Okay. Gentlemen, start your engines! Luigi, oh, on your mark, get set. Uno for the money, two for the show. Try to get ready and quattro to the Faith! I just hope Lightning's okay. I sure would hate to see anything bad happen to him. Pride. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude here, Doc, but you probably go zero to 60 in like, what, 3.5 years? Oh, yeah? When is the last time you cared about something except yourself, Hot Rod? You name me one time, and I will take it all back. Uh-huh. I didn't think so. Hearts set on the things of this world. I'll be the first rookie in history ever to win it. And when I do, we're talking big new sponsor with private helicopters. A minivan? Oh, come on, Mac. You're in the slowway. This is Lightning McQueen you're hauling here. Virtue? I knew it. I knowed I made a good choice. In what? My best friend. 
suffering. It's my best friend. What are you going to do? Sin. Now that's what I'm talking about. Hey, how come the only one celebrating is me, huh? Where are the girls? Bring on the confetti. Ow! Gentleness. Broke down right here. Doc fixed me up. Flo took me in. Well, they all did. And I never left. Vain ambition. It's mine, dude. It's mine. Hey, fellas. How do you think I'd look in Dynaco Blue? Dynaco Blue! <laughs> Love? Whatever happens, you're a winner to me, you old daddy rabbit. Thanks, dear. Hey, King, good luck in your last race. You sure been an inspiration to me. Thanks, Junior. Kindness. What are you doing, kid? I think the King should finish his last race. <laughs> Spectacular move by Lightning McQueen. Charity. You just gave up the piston cut. You know that? Ah, this grumpy old race car I know once told me something. Just an empty cup. Want to hear something funny? This red piston cup winning race car we've been hearing? He totally learns this lesson. At first, his heart is only set on winning. He is full of pride and vain ambition of being the best. But he learns that love and kindness and meekness are much more important. That's true. So, based on these words we just heard, what did you learn about God's power and influence? How is it different than worldly power and influence? He doesn't force us. He persuades us through love and kindness. Yeah, so think about your life. What can you do to be an influence for good in your relationship with others? Don't force people or be mean but instead be kind and loving. Yeah, so Joseph is in this awful, powerless situation and he gets this revelation about power. It probably felt like there wasn't much that the saints could do to change the hard situation they were in. But in his letters written from Liberty Jail, Joseph told the saints what they could do. They could cheerfully do all things that lie in their power. So when you think about how the scriptures warn us of, you know, the deception and the craftiness of men, that means like sneaky things the adversary does or people do in the world today. Let's think about things that lie in your power that you get to control. Why, why do you think it's important to do these things cheerfully? Joseph couldn't change the fact that he was in jail. The only thing he could do or control was how he reacted to it. Yeah, so if you have homework to do, does it make anything better about that situation if you complain or cry about it? Uh, no. But if you have a good attitude and you're cheerful about it, it can make it a lot more pleasant and it can even make you maybe finish faster, right? Yeah, the prison guards were mean to Joseph at first, but since Joseph was always cheerful and nice to them, even though he was in this awful situation, that eventually helped Joseph because the guards intentionally let him escape. Yeah, so 
Maybe you have a friend or a family member who's grouchy or mean some of the time, but maybe if you treat them in a cheerful or Christ-like way, it can help both of you to be happy. And we've been promised in these sections, if we're cheerful and we try to do things in a happy way, that will give us spiritual power and that the Holy Ghost will always be with us. So let's end our chat today with some wise words from Elder Holland. In this final canonized statement of the Liberty Jail experience, the Lord says to us through his prophet Joseph Smith, Therefore, dearly beloved brethren and sisters, when we are even in the most troubling of times, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God. What a tremendously optimistic and faithful concluding declaration to be issued from a prison. When he wrote those lines, Joseph did not know when he would be released or if he would ever be released. There was every indication that his enemies were still planning to take his life. Furthermore, his wife and children were alone, frightened, often hungry, wondering how they would fend for themselves. The saints, too, were without homes and without their prophet. Surely, to say it again, it was the darkest of times. Yet in these cold, lonely hours, Joseph says, let us do all we can and do it cheerfully. And then we can justifiably turn to the Lord, wait upon his mercy, and see his arm revealed in our behalf. What a magnificent attitude to maintain in good times or bad. My beloved young friends, as part of my concluding testimony to you, I testify that bad days come to an end, that faith always triumphs, and that heavenly promises are always kept. I testify that God is our Father, that Jesus is the Christ, and that this is the true and living gospel found in this, the true and living church. Amazing. So in conclusion, hard things happen, bad things happen, but the Lord is always with us. And if we try to be cheerful and happy, we will always have the Holy Ghost here to help us. Pretty cool. Again, if you participated in our Kirtland, Ohio uh, Priesthood Keys Challenge and you have not received your prize in the mail, please email me at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Last measurement for today. Do you enjoy our podcast? We sure love to know how much you love us by seeing a five-star review. Thanks so much and until next week. Stay on the covenant path.